Hallelujah. And then if, we, if you've got anything else, we'll come back to it. So we're, uh, I know y'all hardly can believe this, but we're going to do departing and entering again. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've rode the horse all the way across the, the state trying to find the other, the next place. And it just, she knows I've been wrestling with this alligator for two days and it just would not go away. So here we are back. Uh, but we're going to look at it from a different angle. So look with me, if you would, in your word to John chapter 10, verse 10, uh, the cornerstone scripture for, for all of our hope. Hallelujah. Once you're born again, this is, this is where you live. Hallelujah. The Lord Jesus himself, it's in red ink in my Bible, said, The thief, the thief, the embezzler, comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come, oh, yay, thank you for coming, Lord, that they, they, the people, might have life and they might have it more abundantly. And I've got my margin that abundantly means exceeding above, superior, and extraordinary. But the message translation I looked up, it says a thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. He said, I came so they might have real and eternal life more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Amen. Well, that's what he said. We didn't ask for it and him to say, I'll get back to you on Friday. He said that. He brought that up to us. And so he's telling us in verse 10, it's the hallmark of, of my ministry is to uh, live as if heaven's on earth. Amen. Live, as, there's just no troubles that you can't whip. Uh, there's no... Uh, there's no devil in heaven, but we've got authority over him. There's no sickness in heaven, but we, by his stripes we've been healed. There's no lack in heaven, but he covenanted with us for that. So uh, we got it. Galatians chapter 3. Would you slip over there, please? Galatians chapter 3. Woo, thank you, Lord Jesus. It says in verse 1, do we begin again? To commend ourselves. Um, make sure I'm in the right spot here. You know, that's not it. <laughs> that's not it. That's 1 Corinthians. Okay, this will be better. So just pause there. It was a good word anyway, but uh, we'll go to verse 1. It says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? The word foolish actually is translated stupid. <laughs> So, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you, the word there is hypnotized, what, what happened? That ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes, your eyes, Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. He's saying you're without excuse, isn't he? This only would I learn of you, Galatians, received ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or receive ye the Spirit by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish? Have, here it is. Having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Well, we'd have to say the, the, the principle out of that is that it's easier to begin anything than it is to maintain anything. Easier to maintain. So we start off in the Spirit... And then religion tries to come into our life and say, shortcut here and shortcut there. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, that's where I meant to be a while ago. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 
It's easier to begin anything than it is to maintain anything. It's, it's easy to begin a marriage. But yeah, buddy, you better strap up if you're going to ride that thing all the way to the end. It's easy to make children. <laughs> we'll just move along on that. But maintaining them, wow, that was like, I didn't know it was going to be a weak thing. It's uh, uh, your job, it's easier to get a job, easy to get a job. But to maintain that job and the boss and the clientele and the public, it's easy to begin a business. But I find that a lot of people, even pastors especially, get weary in well-doing. Just get weary in well-doing. Uh, it's easy to begin a diet than to maintain it. It's easy to begin a church. Everybody wants the pulpit. Oh, yeah, if I could just get up in that pulpit, everything would be fine. Uh, it's, it's easy to begin to obey promises. I can do that. I will do that to maintain it. And here's my last one. It's be easy to begin relationships. That's where I want to talk tonight than to maintain relationships. Would y'all say yes to that? Yes. There are a dime a dozen to start them out. But maintaining them and bringing them to the end is quite the challenge. And I've been meditating on that for the last couple of years, really strong, uh, my relationships and who, who's in my life and making everyone prove that they deserve to be in the orbit that they used to be. Not so much them, but me. I call it orbits where people, and the Bible principle there is Jesus had the 70, he had the 12, he had Peter, James, and John, and he had John. Everybody was in a different orbit. You had your, your moon orbit, and then you had your Pluto orbit. And I've had people that I started them out in the moon, but they faded away. And now, you know, we can't even see them, but yet I'm still, I'm still acting out like they're the, where we started. And so uh, I've taken hold of some people that I'd taken for granted and moved them into an orbit and started giving attention to those that God had given attention to and who I was supposed to help. And some people, you know, we, we did a series one time on 12 people that Jesus couldn't help, and you probably can't either. So I started sending them beyond the moon. <laughs> so you, co you come back when you get something fixed, but right now you're not in. I'm, I, you're not because you're taking my time, my energy, my emotional strength. And it's not like I mind that, but I need to give it to somebody that says, I'm ready, I'm on the seat, Let's, would you help me? So that's, that's my own personal testimony. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in verse 12, it says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world. Now I have in my margin there reason. We have not received the spirit of the world, which is reason, what spirit have we received, Paul? The spirit which is of God. And we see in other places, that's the spirit of faith. What does it do? That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things, things that God gave us, also we speak of not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, here it is, comparing spiritual with spiritual, but the natural man, the flesh man, receiveth not the things of the Spirit. Y'all, if we knew that, we would understand people. We just don't get that they don't understand English because we said it plain and we said it and we knew what we meant and we said it well, but 
They receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Why? For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So we're spiritual creatures. It's not a feeling you have. It's not a diploma that you won. It's what happened when you said yes to Jesus and started growing up in him. We begin to take lessons, spirit lessons, kingdom lessons, and we begin to know things that we'd never known. And this is famous. This is famous. Uh, I've been around this a lot. When people, you get them filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes. You get, and, or they get around healing or something. And the first thing they want to do is go back to their church and tell everybody. Because they're so excited. And these are my dear friends. They'll be excited. They just don't know. Oh, yeah, they know. They know all about it. They've, they've Wikipedia'd it. They've Googled it. They know. They've heard, Uncle Jack has told them, those people, you better. I, I went through all of that. So it says here that uh, the message says the spiritual, excuse me, the unspiritual self, just as it is by nature, can't receive the gifts of God's spirit. There's no capacity for them. They seem like so much silliness. Spirit can only be known by spirit. God's spirit and our spirits in open communion. Spiritually alive, we have access to everything God's spirit is doing. And that's why we say you can know everything about yourself, past, present, and future. You can know everything. If you'll get still before God and, get, and give him a reason to tell you, I want to grow, Lord, I want to get out of this, he'll tell you anything about your life. He won't tell you much about other people unless you have an intense desire to pray for him. But uh, it's, it's easy to enter this, but it's challenging to maintain a walk in the spirit. Why? Because the flesh is still attached. Do you all notice it's there? It's just everywhere. It goes wherever you go. I'm in the spirit. Well, you, you're caked around with over 100 pounds of flesh and, and eight pounds of brain that's never known the things of the spirit. And you do have an enemy, and the enemy is you. And so that's what we're all battling. So it's, it's challenging to maintain the spirit of faith day in and day out because our body will feel bad. It'll get discouraged. Our life, our soul will get discouraged and we'll, we'll change our mind from what we started out when we were hot to trot. We were like, let's go, God, I'm on fire. And then you just see, you just see this little plume of smoke where a fire used to be. And like, who's that? Well, that's Jack. He, 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 he's, off the, he's off the chain right now. So um, it's easier to begin anything than to maintain it. Number two. This is where we're going back to our other place. There's only two things that people do. All people do. All people do this. And that would be what? Depart and enter. Everybody does it. Uh, we started out doing it uh, when we were uh, born into the earth. But everything is relation. I want to see if the Holy Ghost will convict us all day by day that there's nothing else going on in the kingdom of God. And that's where we live. And that's all we care about, except people. There's nothing going on except people. You go, well, we need money to eat. No, you, you need money to relate to people. Because we could always eat more and store up more and do more. And all money is for people. It's for relationships. Feeling well is not for you. It's for you to be well 
and relate to people. Everything is relationship. If we knew that, we would live differently. We wouldn't poof off people and just say, you're just a people. I got to get to my beach or I got to get to my camper or I got to get to my book because you're just a people and you're bothering me. Well, yeah, that's what people do. That's what we do to other people. Okay, that one was a hard one to, to go over. Uh, so all of life of everybody is transacting. You're either transacting to get somebody to go up higher or you had a failure and for a season anyway, they go down lower because you've come into their life. You come in with the truth and not everybody's real excited about the truth, but the Bible says the truth that you know will set you free. Well, how come it doesn't set them free? Because they don't want to know the truth. But you're the bringer of truth, and so they put the truth and you together, and they don't like you now because you brought the truth that they don't like. And you go, that's not fair, but that's life. So it's easier to begin than it is to maintain. And entering or departing and entering is all of life. And so sometimes it gets better, sometimes it gets worse. Do y'all know those people relationships where you, you give your heart and then all of a sudden they stab you? Listen, if you were a pastor, but you can see you're in the church, you, you, we, we've given diapers and sh baby showers and wedding showers and just piled it on and the people just brought good stuff and laid it down there. And then in six weeks, they were like, I don't like the color of the doorknob in the nursery. I'm out of here. And you go, that hurts my feelings that you're so carnal. That you're so, but they're, they're not spiritual. So they can't understand what's happened to them and the transaction. So they go off to make a different transaction, one that's not so confrontational. So, uh, so if you and I are going to make it to the finish line of life, the life's finish line, we're going to have to deal with the relationships and we're going to have to depart some of them in order to enter others. You can't maintain everybody that God's got on your list without dropping somebody off. Now, we're not dropping off anybody that wants the gospel, that wants you, that needs you. Who you're called to is who you're called to. But that we have a lot of stuff where we departed that carnal realm, that beer drinking, cigar smoking, all day on the lake stuff. Can I say that? <laughs> if anybody's ever been there, when you get born again and spirit filled, you want to be in church on Sunday or at least at some point you do, but those people didn't get it. They're, they're, they're not spiritually. So you try to get them, you try to minister to them, but if you let them in, in influence you, you'll be on the lake half the time. In other words, you won't transact fully and you'll be torn between two. Because gosh, I just hate to leave Bub out there. I, I need to go out and minister to him. No, you're gonna go out there and drink a beer. <laughs> You don't mean to, but, you know, well, Bubba, you know, he'll think I'm holier than thou. So I'll just get down at his level and then on and on. I'm really exaggerating here, but that's exactly what we all do. It's hard to give up people unless they smack us, unless they call us a dirty dog. We just hate to walk away from things that are not crisis. But that's how you avoid crisis is walking away in season. And right now we're all in a season of discerning things that God wants us to do before there's a crisis. That we don't have to have a fire in order to get out of the house. We just get out of the house because the Lord said, there's no more anointing for that. Have y'all ever been somewhere where there was a great anointing and then suddenly you could tell it lifted? Well, you know, even the Smiths here could probably say, gosh, Tuscaloosa, it's been wonderful, but 
Maybe y'all got this. It's lifted. And something you'd never dream of doing, which is go to there and said, that's where the anointing is. That's where the grace is. Well, that's the way it is for me. That's the way it is for everybody. But you can't wait for a crisis because you'll always be behind if you wait for a crisis to throw you out or blow you out. And when it does blow you out, you'll go out the wrong way and you'll be mad. You'll be mad at somebody or even God. And it's, not, it's just not his fault because he was leading us the whole time. But we're soulishly connected to things that are in our past where God blessed us. Uh, it was supernatural how we got there. He sustained us. It was wonderful. So who would leave that? Who would leave somewhere that God just really blessed you? When it's done, it's done. So relationships, sometimes you come in and you, you, you intersect them and you just go through. You, he, you drop off something or you pick up something and you just never see them again or rarely. And then you got some where you come and you connect and you go a ways and you mentor each other and disciple one another and, and get strengthened by one another. And then, boom, they go on. Oh, I can't stand it. My friend left. Sure you can because there's somebody else in your path. This thing isn't a thing where we just like in the wilderness, the children of Israel, where they just put down stakes and couldn't move on. The pillar was always moving on, and so are we. Not necessarily locales or houses, but he's moving us. This is not going to stay the same wherever you go. So, um, uh, so the axiom here, here is, is how you leave one part of your life is exactly and no different than how you will enter that next level of your life. So the wisdom is, is if I want to enter into the promotion, the increase, the elevation of the next part of my life, if I want to grow up and be responsible for more and have more grace on my life and have a calling on my life at Constain, I have to leave this place right. You can't just walk out. You just can't slam the door. You just can't be mad and walk away and think, well, now God's going to use me because, you know, I'm at his place. If you didn't leave that one right, then you can't go into the new one right. If you don't leave a church right, you will, listen, listen, you will never find a good church. You're like, That's no, there's no good churches out there? Not for you. Because you drag that stench of strife and the Bible says strife, every evil work. You drag that with you wherever you go and nobody's interested because they smell you before they see you. How about that? Hallelujah. So uh, there's a relationships are everything and it's painful or it's, it's uncomfortable to leave some relationships. We're not talking about marriage here. We're not talking about your children. We're not talking about your grandkids. We're just talking about life out there. Those family things are different. But out there, we're transacting. And not everybody wants to go with us as we are going up. Not everybody wants to be spiritual. They'll, they'll ask you in their heart, where is the very, very line that I can get over that line and I'll go to heaven? Because I'm just going to stand right on the other side of that. Tell me where the line is so that I won't have to do anything extra or invest my life. Right? We've all been there. Exactly. How spiritual do I have to be to get the benefit? Uh, it's called the max for the minimum. And so there's, there's seasons, there's parts, there's phases, there's promotions, there's uh, increase, there's these intersections. Some of those relationships you come together I, that you, inter, you intersect and you don't ever go out. You may attract other people on there, but you'll just run that one. A lifetime friend, for example. 
a lifetime friend where you just, and you call them and say, hey, Jack, you know, talk to me. But some people, it's like, I used to know a guy named Jack, but I hadn't, been, I hadn't talked to him in a long time. Yeah, I, I, I began uh, a year and a half ago or so to calling or going to all my, every relationship that had ever been in my life that had any weight or value. And I would just, I would just seed into their life in some way, either a card or a call or, you know, how's your family and all that. And I told you all this, and then I'd wait to see if it sparked back. And some of them didn't spark back. They're just like, so I could tell that was just a, <laughs> or that was one of those, you, you know, your college roommate or something, and then you, then you wherever. But some of them sparked. And I'm telling you, the life of God is in that, and we're just having a big time. But I had to initiate it, and sometimes you do too. But some people, I had to just, where you just say, you know, you're somebody else's now. You're not mine. And I can't carry you because I got to carry this over here that God has put clearly in my path. But I can't carry everybody, and I'm not carrying you and miss God on that. So um, we leave and we, uh, or we depart and we enter. We, we leave being a sinner to being a saint, being born again. Well, how traumatic was that? Well, for some people, it was quite traumatic. They were very adamant about that church stuff and that God stuff. And if you read stuff, it's like, wow, an atheist has really got a lot to lose. I like that sign down there on Gilgal. It says, eternity is a long time to figure out what you did wrong. He's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's the first church sign I've seen in a while. It was right. Uh, uh, but so in that same right, uh, from sinner to saint, you can say Israel left Egypt wrong. God had to just kick them out of Egypt, didn't he? They wallered and carried on till the last second and never got into faith. And he got them out of there. And as soon as they got out the door, out, out the land and in the wilderness, they were just there a few days. They started griping and carrying on and complaining about God's ways. They knew where they were going, but they griped at Moses. They, griped, they just began to carry on, and they could not enter in. It's a classic example. They could not go in. And where they should have just went straight a little longer, they took the big loop and the U-turn and the downtown track, and they were over the river. They were everywhere but where they should be, just burning up time till they could get right. And the Bible says that, uh, as it turned out, only everybody that was 21 and younger could, e could even go in at all. So we just waited till everybody died out in the wilderness. You know, a lot of that's still going on. People are useless in the kingdom. We don't get rid of them because they're useless, thank God, because we've all been useless at one time or another. <laughs> Maybe we still are in some way. But there's, there's an opportunity of revival in our future that will spark and will come on. So uh, we go from uh, our birth family to marriage. That happens anywhere from young to, to old. We get married. And that comes, that, you can leave that and just say, Mom and Dad, I found someone I love, and we're going we're gonna to get hitched. We're going to get married. And we're going to live happily ever after. Or you could just sneak out the back window, the back door one night, because you're so tired of being raised by wolves, so much strife in your house, so, so much bullying, so much devil, that you just sneak out and run off with whoever will run with you. Has that ever happened before? 
where, where women or, or girls and boys just can't take it, and they run. Well, that's leaving wrong, but you can't leave any other way. And so it just messes up their whole life. It never seems to work out uh, on that. But on other people, they, they were raised, and they go to mom and dad and said, we're going we're gonna to live happily ever after. And they go off, and everybody celebrates it, and it's a happy marriage. You go, it's still just marriage and two people, but leaving determines how you can enter. Um, I wanted to put this one in, and I, so I, I, made, I made up a category for that. Uh, in that same category of living at home, going to marriage, I've seen this before, where you have a mama's boy that they don't leave, and they're not worth a hoot and a holler to cleave to. They are, mama cooks it this way, and mama says this, and mama, mama, mama. And you just like, what did I marry this mama for? It's, it's him in a boy form. Hallelujah. Uh, or, or the opposite side of that is where you say, mom, dad, we're going to pioneer a new family. We're going to raise you some grand sugars, and we're going to, and they said, we want to help and be a part of that. Sometimes too much. Hallelujah. Um, then you have those that want to, to leave and get married. Because they were single, they want to get married, but they want to live, they want to live single while they're married. Well, that's leaving wrong, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? They, they didn't cleave, they just stayed single, and they, they're just little boys. They're just little boys. Maybe there's girls that do this, but they're little boys, and they're always just wanting to get off and play with their little boys. And, uh, and they're married, and they got maybe even a child, and they're just living like little boys. So they're leaving wrong, and, and guess what? They never get it right. So they shouldn't have got married then. They should have grown up first, but everything happens to make that difference. So what, what happened if you're divorced? And you, then you go, let's, I found somebody, let's get married. Well, you can, uh, there's people that could be... Uh, uh, they could get married. Listen to me. They can get married, but he or she isn't over our ex. And you're like, oh, I wonder what she's doing tonight. Well, you're sitting there with your wife. You're sitting there with your husband. And y'all, have y'all seen this? And it's like, this is wrong. Y'all shouldn't have got married because you're not, you haven't left her. You haven't departed with her or him in your soul and you haven't dealt with it and cut it off, and you've drugged that mess, that garbage into this marriage, and nobody's happy. I'm preaching real good tonight. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, uh, so you can leave where you're, they're a mama's boy, and sometimes they outgrow it. Uh, usually when mama goes to heaven, they, <laughs> they go to, that could be 20 or 30 or 40 years, though. Or, or you know, or you, you go off, and or, or you... Say, I'm through with you, darling. Uh, it's, we, we need to get split up. It just didn't work. And, and I, you know, I wish you a good life. And you, uh, you take your half of the house, and I'll take my, my, my clothes and shoes. And, uh, and you just agree, and then you get remarried, and you're just happy as a dead hog in the sunshine. You're just, it just works out. Because you left right, even though divorce is terrible and traumatic and all of those things. Yet, there's a new future there if you leave right to go in dry. What if you leave a job, a job, an old job to a new job, leaving or departing and entering in? Well, you can be in faith about your promotion. Bless God, I, wherever I put my foot, it prospers, and, and God's, God has sent me out, and I'm entering in. But it always doesn't happen the first day. <laughs> 
Your new job doesn't always just flourish the first day. And so if you don't leave your old job right, and you do, and you and you, or you left mad, they they threw you out, or you you did something they didn't like, and you're out, and you go get another job. Well, if you didn't leave right, you're always looking over your shoulder, saying, well, "I should have gone back to that old job. I shouldn't have quit." And you're miserable, and everybody around you is miserable. You got to depart from a job right. You got to go in and tell them, "Thank you, appreciate it. Y'all are a blessing." Uh, I'm. The Lord's moving me in, whatever you do, and moving on. And uh, I won't be back, but thank you for saying I could be. And you move on, and suddenly God can, listen, he can give you a wonderful new job. But if you, if you, if you don't cut it clean and you just, you just mash it and carry it on and, and make it a scene to get out of that old job, there's no good job for you. You say, well, that doesn't always work. Well, the principle's the same, is that you can only enter as you left. So whatever you, your experience with somebody is, that is true. So they left better than they thought, or it's not as good as what you think it is. Friendship to friendship, I kind of went over that about orbits, that uh, you got to get your orbits right, because you kind of have to fall in love, some level of love with your friends. You can't treat them like customers or like old customers or you know whatever if you can't love your friends you should just consider whether they're supposed to be your friends and let them fall in love with somebody else now that word in love don't don't get weird with that i'm not trying to get weird you have an affection you think about them you pray about them you uh you're there for them if they you're friends now some people in that orbit that pluto orbit i was talking about that thing that's out there beyond neptune you know you're there if they call, but you're not thinking about them much. They'll always be there. We'll always be accessible to the world. And you are connected to them because you used to be friends. They know your number. They know your name. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, church to church. When you, when you move churches, change churches. Let me tell you, I'm an expert on how you don't do it. Not because I've ever done it wrong. I've never done it wrong. But I've seen it all. I hope I've seen it all. The, the key is, is you leave right. I had a couple come in. Uh, had a, uh, just after somebody that left wrong, and you're not going to figure it out, so don't even try, but they left wrong, and, I, and I, I saw them in the grocery store, and I didn't know they'd left. They'd been gone three weeks, and so I said, hey, well, we're fixing to do this. Y'all sign up for that, and, and this is coming, and we're going to, uh, River Church is fixing to be on top of this, and they just looked at me, but they'd always just looked at me. I didn't know they'd left. Till later, and they all said, oh, yeah, everybody knew it but me. Then, uh, but, but you can leave right. So someone that got offended about some other things, he didn't, but his wife did, just got cranky and wouldn't be reconciled. And so he came in, got an appointment, came in and said, listen, it's been a good ride. You've helped me. This church has blessed me. But it's not working for us now. We're just going to. A lot of things going on, but we're just going to have to move down the road and get a, a church for my children and get a for her and all that. And I said, you know, let me pray for you. And I blessed his socks off, blessed the wings off of him and, and have a high regard for him now. Now, see, you want you want your former pastor to be not mad at you. Yeah. Amen. Or anybody else. So uh, we also leave sometimes. Well, I guess we always leave when we pass away, when we depart. Y'all don't die. 
We're going to the rapture, but if you can't make it to the rapture, don't die, depart. We Christians depart. We don't die. And so, uh, uh, you know the scenario on that. If you don't enter into the kingdom while you're alive, if you don't enter into grace while you're alive, if you don't enter into righteousness when you're alive, you will depart the same way, excuse me, you will enter the next realm the same way as you departed that one. So if you leave unrighteous, in other words, a sinner, you will enter into hell and your reward will be exactly equal to the life you lived on earth. But if you get born again, even if you get born again and then just backslide and carry on and you live like the world, well, you have the rewards of the world, you have the life of the word, world, you have the, the, the death of the world. It's hard to be, a sin, to be born again, to act like a sinner. But you'll go to heaven. Why? Because you departed the world and entered into the kingdom of God. So when you depart the world, you'll have the kingdom of God to enter into. People don't like that. They say, well, he, he started drinking. He started this and started doing that and started running around with him. And they claimed he's a Christian. But I know for a fact he didn't act very Christian. Well, yeah. How many, how many Christians do you know that have blown it? <laughs> we should have all quit Christianity based on observing other Christians. We have no justification for staying based on our reputation to one another. And the truth is, is all of us have probably called someone to, to uh, back to somehow have a deal by something we didn't even know we were doing, and yet it was offensive to them because they have an image of what Christians ought to look like. I blow, I blow the Christian persona out pretty often. Because, yeah, I cut people off. It's like, you, you want to do that? I got other people I'm ministering to that I'm helping, and you just want to. I've had so many people waste my time and waste my life that I was like, oh, well, I won't say that because they might be watching tonight. <laughs> ah, yeah. And uh, lastly, we'll just say children. We raise children, and so they're about to depart us. Eventually, they're going to depart you. Hopefully, they're not 35 years old when they depart, but, but sure, hopefully. But if you don't put, a, as fathers, if you, don't, if you don't impart conviction into your sons and daughters, if you don't impart, especially fathers to their daughters, that uh, your daddy loves you, I'm in love with you, baby, let's, give me Friday night because you and me are going to go drink milkshakes, and you and son... This is what we do. It doesn't matter that they hit you or they didn't matter that they cheated you. We're going to live this way. If you don't do that, it's automatic. They will live like the devil. They will be, often, they'll be either full-blown atheist or what we call Christian atheists. They say they're Christians, but they live like atheists. They don't go to church. They don't pray. They don't regard God. They don't regard the man of God. But they're born again. Christian atheists. Y'all know there's such a person? Yeah, they're born again, but that it ended there at the new birth. So they're born again, but they don't believe God in any way. And they, well, y'all can figure that people part out. So people, now listen, I want to talk y'all to y'all just a minute. River Church and all churches, our job is to find the people that entered into life or departed life 
They were trapped in life because they entered wrong. They entered wrong because they left something else wrong. Either they had a broken home or they had a bad marriage or they got on some substance or, or whatever. Lots of things in life can pull somebody down. And so they're stuck in life. They're trapped in life because they came in wrong and now everything is wrong. Do you all know those people? Maybe you were there. We all were in some degree. We are all there in some measure. And so they wouldn't. Here's the key. They won't depart this life of uh, being a gangster, being a hoodlum, being a, a rebel. Being, they won't depart that even though God always sends somebody, you, probably you and me. That's what I'm doing with these orbits is I'm, I'm checking in. Everybody good here? You know, and I find out if they're good, but if they don't want any more of me, then I just, you know, I just move on and ask somebody else. Well, that's what you and I are doing is we're finding these people that are, that are trapped in life, and, but they're so used to their routine, they won't move. They won't go up. They will not transact to leave that thing. So they're stuck. They're stuck in their church. They're stuck in their, their job. They're stuck in their beliefs. They're stuck in their tongues is of the devil. You know, that's, I heard that and heard that and heard that. Gosh, it was wrong. But I heard it a bunch. And if you listen to our political thing now, it's like they're just laying traps all over for the president. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just steps over and, the, and he's falling into one of their fake traps. Well, those people are wrong. And it's not going to go well for them. God's not going to punish them, but seed time and harvest and, and departing and leaving is going to affect their life because they won't enter into a transaction. I know people, and you probably do, that, that uh, got filled with the Holy Ghost, powerful Christians, just, and, and would not leave, would, wanted to go back and get all their buddies and all their girlfriends filled with the Holy Ghost, and they weren't interested they, didn't, they hadn't transacted uh, entering in like you had, and so there they are. And so they won't go. Let's all, let's all just form a spirit-filled group, and let's all meet over at my house, and let's have prayer meetings. They're not interested in that. And they label you, and they start uh, talking about you. Instead of leaving and saying, i got to get out of here because it's, it's choking me. Most people don't. They just sit there, and they slide back in. They slide back in. I've had this happen in West Texas. It happened all the time. And uh, we, we actually tried to, we, we, we would have stayed in the Baptist church, but uh, my folks and her folks were there, and the church was dealing with people like us that had got the Holy Ghost. And, and so we went over to the Methodist church. They'd heard about us at the Baptist church, and they're all got their eyes. They were like saucers, like... So we, uh, we knew we couldn't stay there. It, they were real uncomfortable in their own church. So we went to the assembly. Well, the assembly didn't have good, very good doctrine, but it wasn't bad. But they loved us, loved us, loved us. Those people just pulled us in and loved us. And I tell you, it changed our lives. I, I am, if I'm anything good, it's part of it just because of that assembly of God church and that pastor who, who his own mother was in the church and said to her, said to the pastor, said, if you're the whole cheese, we're about out of cheese. <laughs> Told him that all the time because he couldn't preach out of a paper bag. He was just, but, you know, all that, I just say that is that we, we departed and 
promotion and increase has been on my life every day since because I'm always transacting. And it doesn't matter. It might hurt somebody's feelings because I say, I got to leave you. I mean, you never tell them, but you just depart. But you, you got to go to the promised land. You can't stay out in the wilderness. It'll smoke you. It'll, it'll, it'll cook you up. And you'll go to the end and you'll say, that wasn't much of a life. And you'll look back and God will show you the map that he had for you. And you were just that dot over there that never moved. And it's just not what he has. Now, I'm not trying to get y'all the revolution or to rebel or anything like that. I'm just saying God's doing a good job. And if we're not having a good job, it's because we're not paying attention to the transactions that he has. Uh, we won't go there, but in John chapter 3, it talks about Nicodemus. And uh, he, he was like, I can't leave. I can't want. You know, and Jesus said, you got to be born again. And you can see there in that first 10 verses of John 3 how he wrestled with it, whether to make the transaction or not, whether to depart being a prominent Jewish leader to being a one of them Jesus followers, which as good as it might be today, it wasn't too good back then. It, it was spurious. And Nicodemus, you can see, he's just wrestling with it. He can see that his life is over where he is, but he can't hardly make it. But, but he did. Uh, and here's my, here's my thing. We're just going to quit with this. Change is required for a maximized life. If you, if you can't change, you're going to live a mundane, routine, ordinary, middle-of-the-road life. You're going to put up with a lot of junk mess. You're going to struggle. You're going to have strife. You're going to have people that love you for the wrong reasons, that are mad at you for the wrong reasons, and you're going to struggle in this life. It's just going to be not good. It's going to, I'll tell you how it is. It'll be just like the world. It'll be just like the world. You may be the best part of the world. You may be the cream of the crop of the world, but it will be just like the world. You have to bust out. So we got to pray in tongues. You go, well, I'm not comfortable with that. Well, then, then you're stuck. Well, we got to lay hands on the sick, wherever they are. Well, I'm not comfortable with that. Well, then you're stuck. we got to go to church. Well, it's, it's hard. Well, then you're stuck because it's going to require a transaction. In my little book uh, about doing hard things, my little uh, uh, cooperating with heaven on earth, uh, I said in there, uh, do a hard thing until it becomes easy and then repeat. And that's our life. Do hard things until they're not hard because our faith got around it. We got a hold of it. We moved the mountain and then go find another mountain and just say, you got to go too. That is our life. But I'll tell you, nothing makes you happier than someone to give you something or say something nice to you. That, that is the, that's the top of all of our lives. Someone said, man, you've made a difference in my life. Thank you for doing this. And I mean, it's just like, oh, I'd go to the other end of the world for you now. Well, that's what, that's our whole life. You gotta, you gotta, but you got to get out of your little safe place. Jesus will help you. There, it seems like you're jumping off the Niagara Falls into the, the pool, but it's okay. It's not. But if you did, he'll, he'll lift you up. and You won't perish. It won't even be hard. It's the fear of it that's the hardest part. Amen. Amen. So I don't know if we're going to preach this again Sunday or not, but stay tuned. It'll be something. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for tuning in tonight. We appreciate y'all.